The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Quick shout out to Scott Haskin. Thank you for that beautiful music. We have an amazing show lined up for you today. My co-host today is going to be the one, the only, Cindy Honeg. Cindy Honeg has a boutique agency called Pure PR. They are absolutely fabulous, making people, places and things famous. We are going to have on Shelly Hunt. Now, Shelly can tell you a whole bunch about herself. She's very, very exciting. She is a speaker. She is a philanthropist. She is an amazing person. But first, I would like to welcome to the show, Cindy Honig. Cindy, hi. Hello. How are you, Summer? Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. I am doing really, really well. Um, I was reading a little bit about today, uh, Rochelle Hunter or Rielle Hunter's bragging about her amazing daughter with John Edwards. They have a child called Francis Quinn. They had oh. a before. John Edwards' wife died, so I'm going to get really controversial for a sec. What do you think about her coming public with this daughter and pushing this girl into the spotlight, given the fact that, you know, the child was a product of an affair and may have cost the man his campaign and it was right before he he lost his wife? Well, I think that he got what he deserved, um, and that, that is this woman. And I do not think that she has any integrity at all pushing her daughter into the limelight once again because of the way that she she was born under this you know this this type of situation i think it uh helped to cause elizabeth's death uh, hurried it along if you will and although she did it with such dignity and grace i just didn't like the whole situation you know the woman went on oprah and you know she just kind of uh smashed it in elizabeth's face I didn't oh, like that at all. And I think that John lost his campaign. Good for him. You know, if you, you can't trust, you know, you can't trust him personally. How could you possibly put, trust him as, you know, the, the, the reigning uh, president of the United States? I agree with that completely. The question then becomes, do you think that she was given more punishment for it than he was? Do, I'm sorry, what was that? Do you think that what? Do you think she was given more punishment? Do you think socially she was ostracized and he wasn't? You know, I don't. I think he was ostracized. To be honest with you, um, I, I, the media certainly didn't did not ostracize her because she had a huge um, spread in Vanity Fair. She was on Oprah. She, if you remember uh, correctly, her attitude was, you know, it was it was a very. Um, 
didn't feel like she had done anything wrong, very obstinate, I thought. So, no, I think that she got what she, I think if that's true, she was ostracized, I think that she should have been. I really do. That's how I feel about it. I think she nope. needs, and I think here's the thing, I think she should have gotten damage control when she announced to the world that she was pregnant. And I think she could have done some reputation management at that time. And if she didn't do it then, she sure needs it now. Well, if she was your client, happened. what would you say? If she were my client, what would I say? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Summer, I didn't hear uh, yes. you. I think if, we if had a bad was, connection. Oh, if she was your client, what advice would you what, give her? Oh, well, what advice would I give her? Okay, mm-hmm. if she were my client, we have to do some serious, serious reputation management, and I'll tell you why. Hollywood, including the rest of the world, loves a kind of a rag-to-riches, uh, bad girl to good girl story, and we love to see people come out from the bottom, and I think that's where she is in the minds of a lot of people, specifically women. I really do. And so what I would tell her was, fess up, tell the truth, apologize, and do good works, and keep her daughter out of the spotlight as long as she possibly can, and just concentrate on her on her own self, do some good works, and stay away from John Edwards, except to allow him to see his child. And but I would protect that child. I'd tell her to protect that child at any cost. And I would stay out of the media unless I was, you know, I'd go to, I'd go somewhere. Tell her, I'd sign her up somewhere with a good charity where she can be of good use. You know, whether it be with cancer patients or with with uh, children who are hungry or, um, you know, some somewhere where she could do a lot of good and exert herself in a leadership position. And then what's going to happen? She'll piggyback on the good PR of the charity. She'll, you know, she'll start to show her good side, her loving side, if she has one. <laughs> Wait, that's that's a very big if there, but okay, if she if she has, you know, you can you can obviously tell. Well, you know, I just I don't like something that is I, I don't like behavior that involves that she brought that child into the world. In my never to be humble opinion, to catch John Edwards. And that's what I think happened. And um, although it's just never been proven, she's never admitted that, nor has anybody else. I don't know her. I don't know him. But that's what I think. And so I think that a lot of people feel that way, too. And I think she's got that reputation. I'd say that's fair. And that's not a good thing to have, you know, on your resume. Is that bad reputation? Well, we have an amazing guest on today. We have uh, Shelly Hunt on today. I'm going to call Shelly onto the show. Shelly, have you heard a little bit about what we're talking about? I have, actually. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I agree that I think he did catch some flack. But, you know, I think just the stereotype that's out there is, you know, a lot of times it's, to me, I find it's harder on the women. It really is. Um, you know, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know why. It's kind of like with what happened with Maria Shriver, you know. It's yeah. just a mess. And I feel for these women, um, you know, um, just the embarrassment and that they really have to kind of step out of the public eye for a little bit to not catch flack or be asked questions about it. 
you know. Um, so that's part of my opinion on it, you know, though if it was me, I'd be like, hey, he cheated, not me, whatever. <laughs> but we don't always, people don't always react that way, and I, I totally agree um, with what you said, too, which is do some charity work, do some other things, start to um, really just bring the media and the PR to a different level. Yeah, I agree with you. I think short-term that, memories. Yeah. And it doesn't have to do with their lives. It's short-term memories. But it's sensationalized for a little while, so you kind of have to, you know, ride the wave. Yeah, she does, and she deserves to do that, I believe. But remember, you know, Hugh Grant and all, all those, um, those stories and, you know, uh, people screwing up and, and doing things that caught the media's attention, and we thought, oh, my God, they're just horrible. But the truth is, when, they, when they, they went on Leno or they went on a television, they apologized, and they started to repair because, you know, we're all human. I yep. think that the problem with this real person is that nobody will forget that he didn't go after her. She passed was with him, and she went yep. up to him and said, you are so hot. And yep. we will never forget, women will never forget that to a married yep. man who is a candidate for president, and she she pursued him. And he is a, obviously a weak man because he went, you know, you know here's my room key. Yep, and exactly. And I think that that's, that's something that she's going to have to repair. And if she, I wish she had started it. I wish she had started it years ago. But she's been rather quiet the last few years. Yep. She did for Vanity Fair. And come out of the gate with something else that's bigger than yourself, that's a relatable cause. And, you know, water does go under the bridge. Like I said, if if it doesn't have to do with people's direct lives, they have short-term memory. (laughs) That's so true. That is so true. My question would be, um, I after the you know his his wife was dying and all of these things were going on, do you think she was judged more harshly because of his circumstance than she was her own? Well, I do because you know everybody knew that Elizabeth was sick, and yeah. she repeated it was in many articles that he said to her, "Look, Elizabeth's going to die. You know we can be together after that." And he said that to her. She knew that. And, you know, he did cheat, but she she went after the cheating because she knew that he was with her and he knew that he was, you know, he had a family and was married. And do you really think this is a woman who really cared about his career? She she wanted him for herself. Because she knew yeah, it, it I agree with that. And I think she wanted him for herself. Idea. Really, yeah, if she really cared about his career, she would have waited Absolutely. You know, and it's not right to care now, about it's upset gonna be the right other woman, later. his wife, who was ill. That's almost unforgivable in my book. Well, do you think, now the fame that she's getting off of this, she's got speaking engagements coming up. She's got... Um, oh, we laugh. She, she's, <laughs> so she's, she's actually... She's actually how to get away with, um, you know, uh, mistressing. Um, if you're going to do it, do it right. I screwed actually, up. I mean, what is, what is the name of her... Oh. She's coming out as a motivational speaker on how to get what you want out of life. She's <laughs> motivation. This is a woman who, okay, she's motivational. 
Golly, I wonder if, I hope Monica Lewinsky will get word about this and she could do the same thing and make a little money. Because well, that was going to be my next you know, step. I, I mean, right. if you can go have an affair. Now she is. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Well, my question becomes, why do you think this woman got it? Uh, got so much less than Monica Lewinsky? I mean, Monica Lewinsky was raped over the coals. Well, maybe we were, because we were used to it as a society by the time Riel got here. I mean, so many politicians had done it. We were used to it, and that's bad. Yep. That it's become the cultural norm. I, I think yep. it, it has. You know, I think it's, and I think it's accepted. I think that women tolerate their men. Look at, look at Hillary. I think Hillary Clinton, I think women tolerate their men uh, having affairs and other relationships because they don't want to lose their lifestyle. I, for one, say uh, kiss them goodbye or kick them in the rear end and to show them where the front door is that they don't already know. But I, I think that, that I have four daughters. I've taught each and every one of them that you belong to you and have a, but you don't ever expect anybody to take care of you but you because you don't know how it's going to work out. People are human beings and try to marry a good one. But the point is, I think it's tolerable and I think we tolerate it. There was a, there was a, um, Dr. Phil today was a rerun and, and maybe I'm, I'm a little, skewed right now because I just finished watching it and it was about uh, mistresses and them defending their behavior, you know, and I thought that was very interesting that they go on and they defend their behavior about, you know, sleeping around and, and that sort of thing, whether they're famous or not. Well, it's, it's anyway. very common in, in Hollywood. There's an app called Seeking Arrangement which is specifically oh. for, for wealthy men to find women. And they're called sugar babies and sugar daddies. And yeah, it's for these sugar babies to find wealthy men. And one of the largest groups that they're supporting are aspiring actresses. So these are wealthy men who are financially supporting these girls that are trying to start up a career. And, and they my look question, good on, their, on his arm and he can pay her, he pays her. Probably just kind of like yeah. you're a high class ball girl, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, don't know. I guess that there's there's something for everyone in there, and if I, I I don't know that I would ever be comfortable doing that, but I've always said if I run out of money, I'll go. I'm I'm older now. I'll go work nursing homes. I probably look good to some of those guys, but um, <laughs> only <laughs> only single nursing home guys. But yeah. it's just it's going to happen. It's just you know, I, I always think their own, are, you know, right. um, when I was doing my private practice as a therapist, I always thought to each their own, you know, some people were, yeah. as long as everybody's open and they're honest about where they're at, you know, I found, you know, okay, you have two people and they're swingers, but they're honest and they're open about it, and that's the game that they chose to play in, or you have sure. two people that are monogamous, and they're a monogamous couple, and that's the game they chose to play in. But when one person changes the game and they're not honest with the other person that, hey, look, I changed the game, that's when there's problems. Because they're like, well, you know, I, I, I want to be able to do this over here, but they, they're not honest with the other person because they know the other person probably won't want to change the game. So they, they kind of want to do both, but I always think that, you know, being honest and upfront with it is the best policy because at least you're like, this is where I'm at right now. 
Like, I'm, I'm not feeling this or I want an open relationship or I don't want an open relationship or whatever. And you give the person, the other, uh, the other person, the opportunity to choose, you know, whether this is what I want to do or this isn't what I want to do. I always find there's always problems when people aren't honest with stuff like that. And when they're honest, it's usually, you know, you, there can be some kind of agreement. You know, I've always wondered about that. There are some people in my neighborhood who have that open relationship, and they seem to be just as happy as they can be. But to me, I'm, you know, very competitive, and I, I, I'm jealous, and I just could not do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in how that must feel. I mean, do you just not, I mean, I don't know, do you, and tell me as a therapist, um, how that works. I mean, what does that, what could that, what does that feel like to be able to support that lifestyle? Or you know, it's, it's, my it's, view it's, is why get married or why, or well, why really have to be in a one person relationship at all? Yeah, their perspectives are usually different. You know, that I'm a, um, mm-hmm. you have a monogamous couple and, you know, they're like, we're not dating other people. This is, this is it. We're just going to explore the depths of this relationship, right? That's okay. one way to go. But when you have, like, an open relationship, and I've seen it where it has worked for people, it wouldn't work for me. I don't work that way. But it works for yeah, some people. Yeah. I've seen it work for people because they were just honest and open about it. But they had a mental capacity and an emotional capacity to be able to separate. So it's like this is, you know, my relationship and where my emotional needs are met but I'm going over here where my physical needs are met or okay. whatever, vice versa. It's very interesting to me. It's, it's always been very interesting to me, um, but it's really as long as both, like I said, both sides are copacetic with it and it's very upfront, then I've found that there's very little issues. You know, no. now I've open couples, open relationship couples where they separated their sexual relationships to go off and have adventures but I've also seen it where there was attachments emotionally to the other person. Really? Where like po- like polyamory. Tubing the whole relationships, like the, the, the main relationship. It would tube it because the connection, the loyalty of the connection of the emotional side um, strayed. Interesting. Sure. So what I wonder, tell me this, Shelly. So what do they do? Do they sit down at dinner and say, well, hi, honey, how was your day? Who did you, you know, I mean, is that, is that kind of what, <laughs> it's kind of oh, like. No, when I've, when I've interviewed with them and worked with them, you know, like in couple therapy and stuff, and this was years ago, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but one of the biggest things was it was like, oh, you know, you're going to do your thing, okay, great, I'm going to do my thing, okay, great, and then it's like, well, you know, there's this one person and I might see them more, so I'd like you to meet them. And then they actually oh. would use the husband or the wife or the whatever, the partner, in to, to the other person, whoever this other person was dating, the guy was dating or the girl was dating, and they would meet the other person. It was very upfront, the ones that worked. It was very upfront. And there wasn't like, a, you know, there was no backdoor stuff. Whenever the backdoor stuff goes on, then usually there's bigger problems, um, pretty much. Interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting to me, too. You know, I'm, I'm a monogamous person, and it's kind of how I operate. I, I, 
you know, don't judge people about what works for them. It's kind of like you said, you know, everybody has something different that works for them. Um, you know, I know it works for me personally, but I always take a non-judgmental point of view. It was very interesting to me because it actually worked for some of these people. <laughs> different, different lifestyles worked for different people. It was the, the commonality was that they were honest and upfront with what worked for them and what didn't with the other person. Okay. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Guys, we, got, we actually have to go straight to break right, right now. Um, we got really caught up in talking. We'll be right back after the break and we're going to jump back into this. This is very, very interesting. I'm Summer Helene. I'm on with Shelly Hunt and Cindy Honig. We are on Behind the Scenes and we'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations, live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with Shelley Hunt and Cindy Honig, and we were on a real hot topic before the break. We were talking a little bit about sex, a little bit about infidelity, and it came up when we were talking about the Hunter woman who had a child with John Edwards, so he went there. But the thing that I'm curious about, and are these girls getting on places like um, Seeking Arrangement and 
Ashley Madison and seeking out men that will support them financially, married men, single men, all kinds of things, to financially support them while they're seeking a career in Hollywood. And I wonder if that will affect them later on. What do you ladies think? Uh, Absolutely. You know me. I think that every woman should be financially independent. And I think that um, we sell ourselves short uh, by not learning financial intelligence as women. I don't think we've been trained in it for years. I think, you know, a lot of people live in their houses or their apartments or whatever, and they juggle their bills. Um, but we as women have not been financially trained. I had a girlfriend that um, was living in Las Vegas, and her husband took care of everything. She was just a, you know, he took, he took care of everything, all the bills, the house, the everything. And then he had a motorcycle accident, and he was in a coma for six months. He ended up being okay. I'll tell you that part right now. He ended up being okay. But she called me, and I was probably about 19 or 20, and she called me and she said, I don't even know where the checking accounts are. I don't know where the bills are. I got to notice they're shutting off the electricity soon. I don't have She knew nothing, and she had nothing of her own. And I knew at that moment in time I didn't want to be ever in that situation. As a person, as a woman, as a leader, and I don't care what industry you're in. So am I passionate about that? Heck yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was that girl, you know, 30 years ago. And um, my biggest responsibility of the day was driving carpool in the morning and in the afternoon. And during the day, I'd go to the country club for lunch and, and watch a fashion show. That's what my life was before I moved to Los Angeles, got a divorce and moved to Los Angeles with my children and learned that there's a whole other world out there. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of women are like that. A lot of women don't know. I didn't know anything. And uh, when I, I didn't know, you know, how much credit card debt we had, I didn't know a thing about anything. And I got really screwed in that. And I think that there's a lot of women like that that just give it all to their husbands and say, you know, you handle it. I don't need to know. I'll take care of the kiddos. And then something horrible happens, and there they are. And that's so important, and you're so right about that, that we, when we need to educate our daughters to be knowledgeable and to be able to take care of themselves. Unfortunately, if you met my poor daughters, I, I go, I don't know if that was a good idea or not, because they're bold and brazen, and they, they, can say, they say anything that they want to say to me. I taught them that they could do that, and sometimes it's painful. So, but they can take care of themselves. Well, the question then is, do you, do you think these girls, it was an interesting comment I got. Uh, somebody said that they felt that these girls were taking advantage of these men, these lonely men, by asking them. Well, I, I mean, I think right. that both ways. And it really goes back to what is the, you know, I think it's separate issues. I think what is the consensual agreement um, you know, between two adults. What is the game that they're choosing to play? However, a lot of times what I've found with those type of girls is they're on an allowance or they're, you know, um, a lot of times there's control issues. Sometimes, that you know, um, it's, you know, we're going to get you an apartment, but it's going to be in his name, you know. Um, and what happens is the minute he goes to walk away, they have spent their uh, monthly allowance because there it becomes is. norm, and they're like, I don't have, I've seen it happen where they were like, I don't have a car. You know, he bought yeah. me this for, it's in his name. Now he's telling me, take my two dogs and go. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And so and, as long the as there's awareness is, of, what, you know, what this can be and what the agreement is, yeah, you know, because it, it could be win-win, it could be lose-lose. You've got to be really cognizant about it. Well, you know, this, I, the I, most, I think... I'm, go ahead. Oh, no, I was saying it's... Uh, they're saying now it's becoming a, sort of an epidemic with these aspiring actresses in Hollywood that they're seeking out rich, lonely men to pay their way while they get their career together. Well, and, and that's unfortunate, and I've seen that happen too. I will tell you this, that the most miserable relationship that I've ever had was that with a very, very wealthy... Texas man, and uh, I can't, I mean, he he just had zillions and zillions of dollars, and I've never, for four years, I stayed married to him, and I I can make you a list of what that money would not buy me, and um, then with that kind of money, so many of them think that they own you, and they put you in your place, and then they can go and do exactly what they want, and you know, you have to think about that. And I, I, and then they put you down because they're taking care of you, and you're not um, putting anything into the relationship financially. And women tolerate that because it, they love that lifestyle. But I can make you a list of what it will not buy. I would never do it again. I would never want a very wealthy man again in my whole life. Now I find that interesting. I find that very, very interesting. Well, it was it. It's absolutely true, and I think that when you're young and you're trying to build a Hollywood career, and trust me, you know, Summer, we know how hard it is to build a Hollywood career. I mean, I've never, you know, when I, when I arrived, I was, thought I was such a pretty girl, and I got out there, and I thought, I've never seen so many beautiful women in my whole life. They all live in California, and all yeah. of them want to be an actress, and you know this is true, and the competition is huge, and you choose a career where you're going to get the door slammed in your face every day at least three times. I've done casting. I know how that works. And uh, and it's, it's a difficult thing to pursue. And I know that the casting couch is real, and I've seen girls get what they want work-wise because of it. And um, I just, I, I think that girls are desperate. They don't have anywhere else to turn. I mean, Heidi Fleiss, is, is she out of prison? Yeah, she's out of prison now, so they don't have her to work for, but I'm sure there's somebody else just like her taking over for her, and I think girls do that. And they, they you know, remember in the, what was it in the 40s and 30s and 40s, how they, they, they had the girls in uh, Los Angeles had that, um, you do dinner dates, and they would go yeah. out as an escort so they could have dinner. You know, the really pretty it's dating, it's dating for dinner. Got started. And now it's all sex. Well, and, and well, that's something... Free meal, I guess. You know, but I really think that, you know, right now we are literally 70% of the workforce almost here in America are women. So we are mm-hmm. gaining ground, and now is really a time if, you know, at some point a lot of that is based on looks and a lot of other things. And at some point, you're going to get older. <laughs> and at, you need at some something. point, you are. Yeah, and you've got to start to change it. You know, I came to the realization a long time ago, my kid will be my kid forever. My parents are my parents forever. And sometimes relationships come and go. 
You know, and I think it's just important for women to be able to trust themselves to have some of their own, uh-huh. um, you know, uh, uh, empowerment and work and money and other things. So no matter what they're settling on at the moment, you know, keep your eye on the horizon, be planning, be putting money aside, you know, mm-hmm. get a little bit financially literate and make sure that you're not completely controlled by the outside situation. That if it walks away, that you can stand on your own two feet. I think that's imperative. Well, I think financial literacy, especially um, when we're dealing with people who are in the entertainment industry specifically, because you're getting a large amount of money for a single job and then there's no money in between and no guarantee of the next. Um, I think that's very, very important. But they're referring to this new phenomenon of these women dating this way as a more, you know, as, as the new casting couch. Because what's happening is the girls are getting their headshots paid for, they're meeting producers, they're being essentially their mistresses to these men, and they're doing it in exchange for their careers. And it's getting more and more popular, and it's getting easier and easier to do because of the internet. The internet has really added to this and added to the availability and the accessibility of these women to these men. Well, and you know what, I can kind of, I hate to say this because this is not the kind of girl I am, but you know what, let's be realistic here. If he, if the man is getting sex and beauty and all of that from this one young girl, right? And then he has, he goes home and he has his children and his family life and holidays and that security there at home. Why shouldn't he be paying this other girl for her time and her beauty and sex? I mean, you know, you, I look at it that way, too, and there's a part of me that thinks that, well, why not? I mean, she ought to be paid for her time. You know, it's just like... Yeah. <clears throat> and I've seen you know, it go I mean, the other way. I have to mention this. I have seen it go the other way where it was a kept man. There's, that was going to be where I was going to next. Yes, we have women now doing it with uh, young men in Hollywood, the young actors, young models, and we now have older women and older men keeping young men as well. Yeah. I mean, I have seen seen that, you know, um, where I was like, wow, that's interesting. (laughs) I swear to God, if I ever get to that point, just shoot me. Just put me on the back. (laughs) Shoot me in the back. That means you're desperate. Yeah, well, that means you're, you're having to pay for sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that essentially these women, the argument is they're not paying, the men aren't paying for sex, they're paying for companionship. The reality is they are paying for sex. They're keeping a mistress, they're keeping, it's, you know, in the Victorian age, people were doing this. Oh, I agree with you completely on that one. Well, and it could you know, be, nothing it could be the emotional connection. It could be. If it's lacking at home, if we're talking that kind of situation, Summer, like you're talking about, if the emotional connection is lacking at home and a man doesn't feel empowered at home, like, ooh, you're so great, you know, like the beginning of the relationship, Mm -hmm. (laughs) people were like, why do you look like that? And you're all gritty right now, right? But in the beginning of relationships, we, we kind of are more empowering to each other. And when that starts to wane and the honeymoon wears off and the relationship starts as it goes on, at times, if people don't feel empowered, they will stray. They'll stray. 
And usually people stay married and stray because they have kids. Yes. And well, the, question, the question is, do they want to leave their partner? Or is this simply a matter if their needs aren't being met, why not take the effort that they're putting in to find somebody new and put that into the relationship to repair the relationship? You know, it's, it's really funny. A lot of times I find that people would step back. So when the relationships aren't working and it's like they take two steps back and they observe the other person and then start making that inventory list. You know that inventory list? We've all done it, right? Of what we don't like about the person or what grates on us or what we don't have. And they start making the inventory list. And instead of versus what you're saying, which is absolutely correct, Summer, which is stepping in to the relationship. Because it, there, there are times it's going to be rough. There are times that you're going to look at your partner and be like, you know, I don't know. Today it's a little rough. You're a little rough today or I'm a little rough or whatever it is. But instead of pulling back, stepping in. Most people step back and they start the damn inventory list. <laughs> now, I, see, I find that very, very interesting. I think you're so right. You know, I do. I think you are just spot on with that behavior because uh, that's that's usually what I do is I if I'm hurt or angry with my partner the first thing I do is isolate away from you know so I so get that exactly exactly and it's okay to isolate away a little bit and look at it and go what am I lacking and what do I need to step in with Mm -hmm. am I lacking romance am I lacking intimacy what am I lacking here and Uh how do I step in Versus you're going to be in the, you know, the nightgown every night. Maybe it's like, you know, it's lacking in intimacy. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you put on some garter belts and you got dressed up and you played, you know, instead of the normal routine? I mean, it's a stupid example. What I mean, step in, not step back. And most people go, oh, you, you know, and even if a guy strays or a woman strays, you know, the ones that you see make it through it are because they, they sit down and they go, what are you lacking? Uh-huh. I love you enough. I want to know what you're lacking. What, like, what do you need from me? What are you lacking no, what from me? What do you need from me? Like, well, you don't listen to me. You're too busy with the kids now. Or this or that or the other thing. Or you're not taking your time. Or you're not making love to me or whatever, right? You come mm-hmm. home, you're tired from work. You, you know, you do your thing, blah, 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 blah. You know, you're done. So what is it you need from me? And I think that that communication is really key. And recognizing it and recognizing it ourselves when we, hey, you know, are we getting bored? What are we doing here? Are my needs being met? And what my needs might be now, you know, they certainly weren't the same 10 years ago. Exactly. And don't you think, I, I mean, I really believe that human beings will do anything to get their needs met. Hence, that's why you stray because your needs aren't being met, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, I just think that, that people do that. They get to a point to where they don't know how to get it from their partner. So they go elsewhere. It's easier. Don't you think? And to say, tell me, guys, we are going to go to break. We have one minute until break. Okay. Uh, 
I think we're I think we're actually at about break time right right now. This is very very interesting. I am Summer Helene. We are on with Shelley Hunt and Cindy Honig. We're uh, supposed to be talking about Hollywood, but we got caught up in relationships, and I like this a hell of a lot better. So that's where this is going today. We are on with behind the scenes. I want to give a quick shout out to David Andrews Salon in Palm Springs, California. Thank you for saving my hair after I completely destroyed it. Smashbox Makeup, you always send me beautiful stuff. Arrowhead Water, Offered Rentals, Annie's Pretzels, Panda Express, Domino's Pizza, Nothing Bunt Cakes, because reasons, and Griggs Vacuums, because you're Alexis's grandfather and she puts you on the list every week of people that I have to give a quick thank you to. So I want to give a thank you to those people. You guys saved our butt on the last film project. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be right, right back on Behind the Scenes. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Termino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex-positive world. From kink to non-monogamy, nothing is off-limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Hi, guys. We're back. This is Summer Helene. I want to give a shout-out to Scott Haskin for that beautiful music. If you guys like his stuff, you've got to try something called Mental Sauna. It's an app. You can get it on iTunes, and it's all meditation and relaxation music. And I was never a big believer in that stuff. I think it's all a bunch of hooey. I listened to it for 10 minutes, absolutely knocked out, best sleep I've had in ages. So if you get a chance, listen to Mental Sauna, it is fantastic. We are on with Shelley Hunt and Cindy Honig, and we're supposed to be talking about Hollywood, but we digressed into relationships. We've had fun there, so I think we're going to stay there. 
One of the things we were talking about in the break is, does how, how does your career fare when your relationship's going well or poorly? In my case, when my relationships are going well, it means I'm neglect, neglecting my career. As soon as my personal life implodes, I'm getting a promotion. What about you, ladies? <laughs> well, for me, I separate the two. I and separate how do you do that? Because I've gone through the roller coaster ride um, where, you know, I would let it affect my work, my mission on the face of this planet and the things that I'm doing. And the minute that I didn't let it affect anything, um, you know, I had a handful of companies. So I, I definitely switch gears. I shift my mindset and I shift right out of it. And then, you know, the minute I'm done with work, I get up and I walk away and then I'm like, okay, put down the Joan of Arc sword and, you know, go into a, uh, you know, the Venus part of myself, you know, and go, okay, I'm ready for the relationship mode now. So I really separate the two, you know. I mean, I, I think I have felt the pains of both, you know, um, as far as when it goes good and when it goes bad. And, you know, sometimes you, you're right, Summer, when it has gone really good, there's times where I was, like, neglecting the work, and then the other times it's gone bad and I let it distract me from the work. So I just don't do it anymore. I separate it. Interesting. I see. I, I've I've got to learn that tactic. I just gave up men. What about you, Cindy? How do you? I just gave up the relationships. You know, I did, I gave up men in two thousand six, and decided that I'd had four marriages, so many boyfriends, too many kids, a whole bunch of grandkids. I didn't need any more friends or fans in my life. I just was going to do my work, and that was it. And then. During that time, of course, I don't remember. I think it was 2009. I don't remember. Maybe it was before then. I got on Facebook. And here comes Mr. Wonderful. And I met this man on Facebook who found me, you know, it, oh, here, here's, here's how it goes, you know, just found everything I posted just phenomenal and beautiful and lovely. And so what, what do those words do to you? You know, I responded right away. So I'm back in another relationship, and it's, and it's been a good one because I'm, I'm smarter now, you know, and I know what I can tolerate and what I can't tolerate. And one thing that I've learned is that, you know, it's called dating because you go with someone long enough to see their dark side, and we all have one. And when you see it, you decide whether or not you can tolerate that dark side. What is it like? What can you can you tolerate it? Is it? Okay I love that. Isn't you? that the truth? And if you, can, you can continue. If not, you sending sending packing. So it's all about how you know whether they're whether they're crazy matches your crazy just a little bit. I think so. I do. Or you know, like in my life, I have such I have so much baggage. I have eight grandchildren. I have four grown daughters who have major opinions. I have four former ex-husbands. You know, ex-husbands. I, I have a career that I'm very involved in, and it's that's very busy. And and if they can't, you know, handle that, then they can't have me. And that's okay with me, you know. And 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 I think that, and I have an extreme amount of self-confidence, which I didn't have 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you know. You get that with wisdom and age. And somebody asked me the other day, they said, God, wouldn't Cindy, wouldn't you love to be 40 again? I said, only if I could take my 60-year-old brain with me would I want to go back. You know, that's, that is the only way. 
I hear the same thing people asking, wouldn't you rather be, you know, wouldn't you rather be uh, 18 again? Not, not particularly, no. No, I I agree with all of that, you know. No, I wouldn't go back. I mean, I think the wisdom that comes with it is unbelievable. But if I could have the wisdom I have now and the ass I had at 18, I would conquer the world. Well, yes, this is true. (laughs) (laughs) That is very, very true. And, you know, but but can you imagine having the brain you have now and and being 18 and going to Hollywood as, as a newbie actress, a wannabe, you know, you'd, you'd make it in five minutes because you know how to, you'd know how to play the game. You know what you can tolerate. You know I, I think I game. would probably fail because I've gotten to a point now I know my worth and I know the value I bring. And all of the executives that used to, you know, hit on me are now absolutely terrified of me. So the first time somebody made a pass at me, my first response would be, let me tell you what I'm going to do to you and your career. And that doesn't work when you're 18 and you have nothing. (laughs) I think it would work, to be honest with you. I think think to be smarter is what's more important, even than to be prettier, to be honest with you. I really do. I've I've told so many young people that are going to Hollywood, I said, you know, if I went... If I could go back and be, when I wanted to be an actress, which was, you know, when I was 18, 20 years old, I would make it in a second. I would be the next Meryl Streep because I know how to play that game. I know what they want. I know how to do it without that casting couch. I could do that in a second because I understand the rules and the format. And understanding our worth. That's what I meant. Important. But, it is. But when you're young and naive and you don't have the self-confidence, and nobody has self-confidence at that at 18, 19, 20, you know, you think that everybody that says, honey, I'm going to make you a star, just get in my That's bed. You think that they're right. Truth. Yeah. And maybe that's having an effect on these younger girls today because when you look at the Kim Kardashians and you look at, you know, it's these, these vanity, excuse my, me when I say this, but they're vanity whores with absolutely nothing to offer and they're teaching a younger generation that all it takes to get famous is a sex tape. Why do we think we now have 16 and 17 year old girls and even 15 and 14 year old girls making these tapes in middle school and releasing them hoping to get famous? I agree with you. My 13 year old grandson, my 13 year old grandson, he's barely 13, got a sex tape sent to him from another from a girl in his class, and guess where he goes? He goes to a Christian school here in Oklahoma City, and his he was sent a uh, nude photos of a girl in his class from this girl, and he he doesn't even look thirteen; he looks ten. And so you're right about that, Summer. You're absolutely right. It's the Kim Kardashian and the, and the girls that we watch on television that have careers based on no talent, just staying from a sex tape. But I think that's also degrading women across the board because that is teaching us that our value is in our sexuality and not intelligence. And that is what we're teaching the younger generation. We're showing them, look, you can make a career, look, you can be famous based on this and you know I know um, Pam Anderson got a lot of criticism for that but she happens to be a wonderful woman she's a friend she's a philanthropist and she may have um, done Playboy and everything else 
but she still built a career. She did commercials, she did films, she did television shows. She got her parts Stand on her looks to Stand a degree, but she worked. Well, and I'm she sorry kept her eye on where she was Stand going. No, uh, to me, smart is the new Smart is the new hot. We can go into a makeup artist and look like totally somebody else. Smart is the new hot. And so it's really keeping your eye on where you're going and going, this is a career move, and I'm going to be smart about this. You know, I'm just not a, a piece of butt flashing through the, the, the roadway here, you know? And I so agree with you. And, and it's kind of like if my grandmother, I mean, I wouldn't, if I were an actress, the first thing I would think is if my, if my grandmother knew about this or if my grandmother had to go see this film, you know what I mean? Would I do it? And I wanted to say something about Pam Anderson. I don't think you all heard me earlier. That girl has paid her dues for becoming a mother and making up for the mistakes that she made as a young 20-year-old that probably there was somebody behind her pushing her to to make those mistakes. She didn't know what what she was getting into. You know, she just made them. She wanted to be an actress. But... I think that she has more than made up for, for that, and I think people respect that of her now. I really do. I mean, I do. I know I do. Absolutely. And I think that, that she should be respected. Absolutely. You know, and here's the other she's thing. Been, as a mother, you know, I, I hear she's a wonderful mother to her two sons. She is. You know, and it's, doing a little bit of homework on some of the women that have made it in the industry successfully and how did they do it and what were their pitfalls and where did uh-huh. they play it smart? You know, I mean, 50 years ago, they weren't going to airbrush you and make your skin perfect, the same that they are now, right? And so I think that, you know, it's really going, this is a career move, and let me learn, And because I say that to women in all industries, learn, learn from the pitfalls, learn from the smart moves they made. You know, don't just be haphazard and you're dragged around hoping that the sky is going to crack open one day and the sun's going to shine down on you. No, if it's a really, if this is a career path that you want, whether it's Hollywood or somewhere else, you know, make it a career path. I agree with that. We have three minutes until close. Um, I'm going to start with Cindy and say, Cindy, tell us what you're up to. Give us like one minute. You got one minute. Tell us what you're up to. Oh my gosh. I just, updated my first the first book I did was an ebook um it was called uh 500 PR marketing tips to grow your business if you're broke and I've updated it to 806 PR tips and I'm getting ready to release it this week so I will send you it's an ebook so I'm going to put it on my website so anybody can download it for free and uh it will be also you can um it'll be on um Amazon as well. Summer, I'll send you some copies. Please, please do. Uh, your your book, PR you. Rockstar, helped everyone make a fortune. So I love <laughs> that one. It did. It did. It actually helped people I know make a lot of money just going through your book, oh, PR Rockstar. I'm so glad that that's true. And I've heard the same thing. And I'm just, uh, that really makes me happy. Thank you. All right. I'm going to ask you, Shelly, what have you been up to? Tell us about you. We, we, got, way, oh, we got way on topic and didn't. That's okay. Um, I'm in the process of writing a book with Bob Proctor. It's called Those That Serve Succeed. 
and it's about being of service in business. You know, as a business strategist, that's one of the things I do. The other thing is I have the Women of Global Change in July. We're doing our yearly summit. We're in the Yucatan. We're rebuilding a girls' orphanage slash school. And we also have launched the Gateway Program, which puts women into business for themselves in 48 hours. And I'm very excited about that. You know, I think, like I said, I think it's important for women to understand financial literacy. So that's what I'm doing. And if they want to find me, you can find me at thewomenofglobalchange.com or under Shelly Hunt, S-H-E-L-L-I-E-H-U-N-T. I like that. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, We got caught up in talking. I know you guys out there in Radio Land uh, usually get to call and write in, and we didn't do it today. We just got to talking. If you have any questions or comments or you have anything you want to ask these two wonderful women, go on Facebook, jump on Behind the Scenes, jump on Summer Helene. I promise I will get the questions to them. We've got next week, uh, next week we've got a really, really exciting show. Um, I know we have a whole bunch of people coming on and we're waiting on Mel Brooks. So we're going to actually have Mel Brooks on the show, which I'm looking forward to. And then we are going to have on, I think it's next week. Don't quote me. I could be wrong. Um, we're going to have the president of Troma on and uh, we're going to have the president of Fox. We've got talking to the president of Universal and a bunch of my friends basically on the show. Thank you for joining us. A very special thank you to Shelly Hunt and Cindy Honig for being on this week. Guys, you are beautiful. You are talented. There are so many ways to make it. Don't need to do it with your legs behind your head. Thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.